I want all of you forever, you and me, every day. <laughs> Episode 49. Hi, and welcome to the Ultimate Journey Awakening the Spirit podcast. I'm your host, Frank DeGenova. In today's modern world, dating has become quite the challenge. The game has changed, and so have the rules. It takes a lot of energy to navigate through this new territory and dynamics and paradigm of dating, especially when gender roles are fluctuating and trying to find their balance or their new home, or have they abandoned their true home? Are we deviating away from natural law and from our natural instincts? Time will tell how this will all play out. Men are becoming more feminine and women are becoming more masculine. This is all due to circumstance, through programming, through new narratives being presented and a whole array of other things. I have a special guest, Barbara Cates, who will join me today as we discuss and unpack what's going on in the modernized world of dating. Enjoy this episode of Independent, Successful, and Single. Welcome to the show, Barbara Cates. Thanks so much for inviting me to be here, Frank. You're very welcome. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, who you are, and what you do. Thanks. Well, my name is Barbara Cates. I'm a dating, relationship, and communications coach, and I work with both men and women who are ready to find their soulmate. That is right straight to the point. Perfect. Do you want to just set the tone in the sense of what your experience is with your, through your work um, about being chosen as a woman? Well, typically the women that I work with are professionals. Uh, over 40 who are successful, very successful in their professional lives. Um, you know, typically they um, have a lot of friends, have a great social life. If they want to find a date, they have no problems finding a date. And, you know, professionally they can get up on stage and do a presentation for 500 people in the audience. And then somehow, when they go into their personal life, it's like they're playing by a whole set of different rules in their head. And where they are extremely confident in their professional lives and their leaders and their go-getters when it comes to their personal life, something has happened and they've been told to wait to be chosen. And, you know, I work with them about empowering themselves and about both people choosing each other rather than having to wait. Yeah, interesting that you said that because I write about that in my new book. It just launched actually a couple of days ago. So it's kind of interesting. I have a section in that where I have the focus, the lens is on successful women. You know, they've got their independent, they have their, um, you know, more degrees in the thermometer. They're, they're accomplished. They've gotten, they're not in debt. They're financially stable. They're go-getters. And that age group exactly from 40 on and they find themselves being single. Um, it's common, it's so common, you know, and then you, you know, you find a lot of them having, buying boxes of wine and having to buy cat food all the time. You know, it's almost like kind of a, a stereotypical joke, but it's, 
I think something that we have to really um, focus on and unpack because it's not, you know, guy, guys are the same thing, you know, in my age group too, it's like, okay, how come I can't find someone, you know? Um, yeah, so do you have the um, um, reasons why? Is that how you work through with your, with your, with your, um, I don't want to say call them your, your clients? Is there, is there something that, um, without giving away your work, because this is just, you know, it's not a free, free course here. Um, what do you, can you, can you give me a generalization of what you would tell a successful woman career-wise, life-wise, but not in a relationship-wise? Um, you know, typically we have a conversation about what they believe, what the opposite sex wants, and what they were told. Um, I know um, when I was starting to date, you know, typically what I was told is, you know, you um, wait for someone to ask you out. You know, you like somebody, maybe you're flirting a little bit, but it's up to the man to ask you out and you just wait, <laughs> right? Or if you're in the beginning of a relationship, perhaps it's up to the gentleman to set the tone or the pace or, you know, if you want to decide that you want to be exclusive, you're you're kind of waiting for that. It's almost like waiting for someone to ask you to marry you, right? Right. And I do a lot of events. Um, used to do lots of events in person, and I actually do uh, live events for the dating site Match.com. And then as we went into the pandemic, I started doing a lot of online events. So typically I have um, an anonymous question uh, at my live events that both men and women answer when they come in. So it's strictly anonymous. They can really be honest. And all I know is it isn't a, a gentleman or a lady that's answered this question. And one of the questions, and I, it's amazing the amount of responses and people chiming in when I always ask this question. I ask the gentleman, are you okay if a woman asks you out on a first date? And invariably, whether it's anonymous or it's in person and people just put their hands up, 99% of the guys say, that would be awesome. Like you have no idea how stressful it is for me to have to always be the one to get up the courage and fear rejection about asking someone out. And the women just like, they're gobsmacked. They really think that that's kind of what the role is supposed to be. And to hear it firsthand from the gentleman, because I'm really about uh, busting down the myths between the sexes, because I believe if you can actually have real conversations with the opposite sex, you will be amazed at how many, how much, how similar we are as opposed to different. So, um, you know, the women walk away with these big ahas that, first of all, the guys would be okay with it, and second of all, they've never actually really thought about how much courage it takes for a gentleman to ask somebody out. And both men and women have, one of their biggest fears is fear of rejection, but we really forget about the opposite sex, about they've got that fear just as much as we do. So, um, you know, in answer to your question, what I tell the ladies is, guys are actually okay and are thankful if you actually say, hey, you know, I enjoy talking to you. Let's get a crap of coffee sometime. It can be simple, very casual and simple. And you're kind of 
passing him the baton and he can run with it. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of clients that it's happening where just recently the woman, she took her boyfriend to a restaurant and she got down on a knee and she proposed to him. And um, she's very successful businesswoman. <laughs> like it just, it just, um, I'm, I'm noticing more and more women taking the initiative in that. And a lot of times that this goes back to, I feel the, our ancestors and the tribes, men are fear rejection because if he goes up and asks or kind of ooga booga, gonna <laughs> gently clubs the woman over the head and she resists or rejects, his lineage dies if he get if she rejects him. He won't procreate, right? right? And all the other females in in the tribe say, "Oh, he just got he just got pot, like he's he's an idiot, right?" So he gets basically isolated from the tribe, and he will go off to die or has to find another tribe or something. So I think that's where the the fear of males come in. The rejections means death, or your your lineage doesn't continue. Um, right. Now I feel a lot of men these days have. Um, because in back, you know, the, the old traditional roles is the guy asks the woman. I mean, you know, um, I was even looking for thumbnails for this podcast and there was not many women proposing to men. It's always the man being proposing to the woman. And so that is, that uh, narrative is not really switched over. Um, what I have to say to that is a lot of these men that prefer women to ask them, are definitely fear of rejection and that, but I have I'm going to challenge that respectfully that men that wait for the women to make the, the initiative all the time are in a, a submissive role and they need to be safe before anything happens so this successful successful women are making the decisions at work they're entrepreneurs they're doing going 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 and that translates into the relationship and I have a theory where I think that if women are leading and men are not, the attraction dies. And I think that's what's happening in the dating world. I'm going to, um, I, I agree with some of what you said. I actually, I absolutely agree with you where there is, we'll call it the male energy and the female energy. hundred percent agree with that. And I like your analogy of let's go back to like the caveman days. Yeah. We go back to the caveman days. Really, what were we set up for? You know, the men were hunters because biologically they were just bigger and stronger. Mostly. The women looked after the kids and they were more of the, we'll call it the gatherers and the nurturers. Typically. I mean, there isn't a 100% absolute there, With right? With anything in life, exactly. 100%. And, you know, we've got the male energy and the female energy. And, you know, typically the male energy is about doing or giving, and the female energy is about receiving. And, you know, that's biologically the way we've been set up. And now we've got, and then you've got the workplace, right? So... Then you've got women that want to be extremely successful in the workplace and feel that they have to compete with men in a male energy, if that makes sense. It does. In order to be seen, in order to be taken 
seriously, they have to put on their male armor. Absolutely. It was funny. My, um, I, I, I knew somebody who said to me, uh, before doing what I'm, I do now, I, you know, the very beginning, I was in the corporate world and um, I worked in a hotel. I worked in a catering sales department. And I was always told, oh, I know you're going to work. You're putting your man suit on, which was, you know, the big shoulder pads and the business suit or whatever. And my energy changed because in order to show up and be heard, I felt like I needed to be a different person. And there's strength in the feminine energy and there's strength in knowing how to balance the male and the female energy. And it just messes things up when you have to go and be in the corporate world or the business world and lead with one type of energy and then come home and all of a sudden, you know, be in a more, we'll call it a, 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 a for lack of a better word, perhaps a softer energy. It, as a female in your personal life, right? So if you show up and you're in a um, male-centered, uh, take charge, dominating energy, and the, the gentleman wants to be in that energy as well, now you've got like, you've got your butting heads, right? Now it's a, a control power struggle. Exactly. And, you know, I all, I've heard somebody say this and it was so beautiful think about a couple dancing think about you know say they're doing the tango typically the male holds the frame and subtly leads and the woman has space to relax into that frame and be a little more free-flowing yep and for me as a, a female i want to be with a male who um is a leader who can take leadership. And I also want him to know that I can take leadership too, based on our strengths. So we can flow back and forth. And I also want to um, be able to relax into the gentleman taking the leadership so I can relax into my feminine and be more flowing and more playful and more fun and just feel hampered because I'll, and, you know, you give me your perspective here, Frank. Yeah. Bottom line, men want to make the women in their life happy. That's that yeah. We're 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 wired to to give. We're we're wired to devote to women. When we're not given that chance, we don't know our purpose anymore. So again, let's get back to the to the putting your armor on, your masculine armor on. You're at work. You're grinding, and you need to <laughs> you have to when you're swimming with a shark you have to become a shark and a lot of women cannot do that so you do that successfully you come home can you take your armor off and put on your feathers can you can you get that masculinity uh, um persona and and then go into fall into your feminine that's a lot that's hard for a lot of women to do to turn it on and off um it is depending on a lot of uh, um, hormones Testosterone and estrogen is a huge thing with that. Um, so it's hard for many women to change the polarity in their in their in their energy, masculine, feminine energy. So when a guy comes home and he's grinding all day too, 
he doesn't want to come home to another guy that he's got to grind with. That's why when he comes home, as you said, he wants to have soft, gentle, <laughs> radiant women. Now, can she shut off? Can she go into that softness? It's hard because you're going full throttle. There's a lot of single mothers out there that have to be the man, that have to be the woman, that have to be the house cleaner, that have to be the, 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 uh, the, the accountant and the paying bills. That's masculine energy, doing, 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 penetrating, penet penetrating, right? And so it's hard for them. It's almost like a wheel going down like a snowball. It's hard. So getting back to what you were saying about you like to change roles of being leading and not leading, that's hard to do. That's very hard to do um, because we can't even stay in one polarity enough ourselves without, you know what I mean, like changing it. It's hard. Um, yes, and it's impossible if you think of them in duality as opposed to authenticity of this is who I am and sometimes I err more to these types of actions and sometimes I err more to these types of actions. However, I am the same human being. And, you know, it was really, again, being in the corporate world, it truly was for me, you know, decompression time on the way home so that I could be home, not in the super masculine wearing my, my man suit right. by the time I got home. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of energy if that's not your natural place to be versus you know i am um, uh, can i tell you a story oh please do uh, before you okay. tell the story i just wanted to so i don't lose this thought um women and men and women obviously there's testosterone dominance in men and estrogen dominance in women and whenever they're stressed they invert so cortisol adds stress to that so woman has too much testosterone she's all out of sorts then the guy gets all feminine and he gets cortisol and he goes into his estrogen he gets stressed so that's the that's the inversion there and that's the hard part to to um, um consolidate but anyway go to your story <laughs> okay let's let's come back to that so let's we'll, we'll circle back to that so um as i was trying to uh, as i went from the corporate world into um my own business and previous to doing what I am doing now, I had a special event business for many years. And I was really grappling at the beginning, again, you know, putting my man suit on, and it was just exhausting. And, you know, for me, I love meeting people. I love interacting with people. And, you know, when I went to a networking event, I like had to psych myself up and like be in that space and you know, stick my hand out and just be all professional. And it was exhausting and I hated it, but I knew I should do, I should do it for the, the uh, success of my business. And then I had a friend and I knew him uh, where he was doing social events. And he was the most lovely, hospitable human being that you walk up to him and it was like his energy enveloped you in welcomeness. And you just wanted to be in his energy and his vibe and his presence because he was just, he had what I call a hospitality mindset. You knew that he just wanted you to have an amazing time and feel warm and welcomed at his event. And he was just lovely. And I remember he and I actually went to, a, so I knew him in kind of a social capacity. 
And he and I together went to a business event. And I thought, oh, it'd be really interesting to see how he is in his business business suit, we'll call it. And we got there. It was a big networking event at the convention center here in Toronto. And I said, okay, I'm just going to freshen up on the inside. He said, okay, great. And I thought, I wonder what this is going to be like. And I came back in the room. I was gone for literally five minutes. There was a crowd of people around him. And he's like, oh, meet so-and-so, meet so-and-so. And I'm like, have you met these people before? No. And he's like, oh, by the way, we're going to five after parties and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just looking at him thinking, how did he do that? And I thought, oh, he was his authentic self, regardless of whether he was in his business life or his personal life. He was just him. And he had the magnetism that people are just attracted to him as him. Mm-hmm. Circling back to the male and female polarity. What if you are just you? And sometimes, you know, if I go into situations now where I need to pull up my leadership energy, it's available to me. It's not like I have to put on a new mask. I just know that it's within my energy field. It's within who I am and I can call on it and it's available at any time. And people will feel my energy change. Oh yeah, you can't mistake it. Your energy changes, your body language changes, the cadence of your rhythm of your voice changes, the type of words you change, and it's just part of who you are. And then, you know, there is leadership in the feminine and there is leadership in the masculine. And both of them have strength in certain situations. Yes. Now, a lot of, let's call them polarity coaches out there, they're just there's a lot of them are saying you have to stay in your masculine if you're male and you have to stay in your feminine when you're female i don't agree with that because we have both um i mentioned too um in my book is that as spirits if you believe in kind of spirituality we are we are both genders we have both masculine and feminine you know our left brain is the masculine side and the left and the right brain is the more feminine side we have masculine and feminine within us and when you try to bypass or override the instincts and you say there's only masculine, only feminine, you get into trouble. So there's one that's going to be integrated in the back. Let's say for me, for me a man. Um, if I'm just being a, ma- a man and just masculine, without the, 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 the buffering, the intuitive, the caring, the empathy, the feeling of the feminine, this gets toxic. This gets kind of... Um, overrun like it's 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 too much same thing if you're same thing if you're a woman and you're always ah la 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 right there's no there's no inner boundary uh, creation there's no protection you're just vulnerable so yes there is a dance to that now i'm glad that you brought that up because when i and this i bring this up and it's there's a theme in here and these 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 all these episodes i used to use alcohol as a as my buffer is my escapism because I've always was always empathic I've had the feminine qualities growing up and then the teenager was just a shit show <laughs> um, and so when I was inebriated I had that I could go into a room and I'd have like everybody around me I'd have like I would even just think of going up going up to a woman and just like connecting like it was this a magical thing I had because I was in my being myself without any inhibitions I was my true self that it's very magnetic, very attractive. 
Now, yes, absolutely. right. And at the same time, though, um, when you are in um, your masculine, I'm in my feminine, that could work. I mean, the whole spiritual community is inverting masculine, feminine. Men are taught to be in touch with their feelings and women are having this, this inner goddess kind of power. You know, that might work in the beginning. And but after a while, polarity does come out and arise and attraction dies. So integrating back and forth to different, uh, going back and forth to different polarities is works, but you have to, it can't be the dominant behavior. There are tools that you use, but you can't always, you know, if you have a hammer, everything's a nail. You can't be like that. Um, I would agree with you. I think there is a natural place you rest in and then having the ability to call on other pieces, you know, I work with a lot of, you know, almost equally men and women. And typically the ladies that I work with, when I say, okay, can you describe, um, you know, your, your ideal guy, if you could, you know, put him together, you know, I call him your Ken doll, or your, if you were going to put your ideal Ken doll together, not only, uh, you know, physically, but, you know, all the other pieces. Build a bear. They say they want a quote-unquote manly man, right? They want those male qualities to be, um, you know, we'll call it the front part of who he is. And in the same moment, they want someone who's able to talk about their uh, emotions, that is a clear communicator, that won't go and hide because he's afraid to talk about and be vulnerable about the way he's feeling because really it's a partnership you know it's the one person the other person and then there's this third entity that's called partnership in a, a relationship that's healthy that works that you're working together in the same direction right yep so you know having one person typically we'll call it the male for lack of a better way to describe it, that does have exude more of the male energy, which is you know the leadership piece, which is taking uh, taking uh, take. Well, I guess we'll just call it taking the lead on things. That you know um, takes more of perhaps a, a provider uh, role, right? Because Typically, again, we're making this a very broad generalization, for the ladies to feel comfortable, you know, it's nice to know that your partner can help provide for you. Yeah, absolutely. And you also, within yourself, say, and I can also provide for me and us as well, right? So there are a lot of, we'll call it traditional roles, that really are just kind of stamped on on our DNA, and we can't say they don't exist. It's the way we're wired. We're human beings. Exactly. Right? That's the whole thing. Getting back to, but that's um, that's supporting my view on having the woman ask the guy out for a date. You're setting a precedent of the the masculine man will go into war and get shot or get shrapnel on him, and 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 accept rejection from a woman. That would make like if the guy is afraid to be rejected. I think that suddenly sets a, um, the precedent of the relationship that the guy is always going to wait for her 
to make the move so he feels safe so it doesn't feel rejection i'm just going back to the, the beginning part of that okay so wait frank wait 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 let's just say let me let me make an observation as much as guys don't want to hear this women typically are the ones that um are uh in charge when it comes to flirting i mean when it comes to flirting which is typically you know it's about body language it's non-verbal communication my definition of flirting is just letting somebody else know you're open to be approached right so when we back up the bus about asking someone out there's a whole bunch of non-verbal stuff that's happened beforehand typically it's the woman who takes the lead on that. Typically, she's the one who smiles. Typically, even if they're doing a very beautiful volley back and forth between nonverbal cues, she's already said to him, I'm open to being approached, right? I mean, you think about the 1800s, it was just so much easier for both the men and the women because the women had a hanky and they accidentally dropped it. Uh, excuse me, hello, she's the one who took the lead on that, right? which was a nonverbal cue for him to say, you know, oh, she's open to being approached. And she gave him a very easy opening to go and say, excuse me, ma'am, I think you have dropped this. It, it was very chivalrous, but it was the woman who dropped it. So I'm going to support, right? I'm going to support that. I'm going to agree with that by saying women always choose the man. The man is who decides if he wants to go with the woman. Yes, women always lead in that. So I, I, I use the example of the flower and the bee. The flower's there looking radiant, beautiful. She sends out the pollen, <laughs> the fragrance, right? And the bee's buzzing around, right? And he smells her radiance, the fragrance, the beauty. The flower's not saying, come here, come here, come here, come here. She sends out the signals. The bee decides if he wants to go to that flower. So yeah, I 100% so agree with you. The, the, the women choose to send out the signal, and the man decide if you. And that's I think with commitment too. So, you know, when I see women, yeah, you guys listen. A smart woman will will will, um, and especially the Italian community. And I don't know about, about your culture. A smart woman will allow the man to think he's in charge. Okay, so I don't know if that goes across the board with all relationships. There's a funny uh, saying in Italy. Um, I'm going to translate. I don't know if I'm going to translate properly in English, but it says, "I'm the owner of this house, but who commands is my wife." <laughs> you know. So um, when I see women making the initiative on a on a masculine way, I see the flower chasing the bee. So. Yeah, women, women hold the frame. They, I mean, they, they do that, but it's 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 graceful. It's not. But the thing is, okay, now here we go. Here, so there's a difference, and I'm glad you brought that up because if a woman walks into a room and she's feminine, and she's just you know looks at the guy or kind of the proverbial hanky, but a different way. We were updated now. We don't use hankies anymore, at least not in some kinky bedrooms. Um, she sends out the vibe. Um, that's feminine. But when she comes in, nipples almost hanging out, lipstick, walking like she's chewing bubblegum with her butt, and shortcut skirt, that's a masculine trait. And that's seduction in that sense. It's manipulative, 
and that's not being feminine. There's a big difference. So, yeah, women lead, but how do they do it? What's the out, what's the outcome? What's the intention behind that? Interesting. I'm still stuck on a woman walking in chewing bubblegum out of her butt. See there. You, there you, <laughs> I just did the witch. Um, <laughs> I would I would suggest that it's open to interpretation. You know, I think there's choice in there about what she feels like she wants to wear, right? Oh, it's, it so, doesn't matter what you wear. It's how you how you use that. Are you being manipulative? Because seduction is a is like the flower, it's not going to be Lavina's flytrap and just try to catch the bugs, right? It's She's going to coax with her fragrance. But not like, that's why I love burlesque more than strippers. You, it's it's kind of an instance to it. Like you cover it up, you've got that kind of thing, but strippers is like, you just, you have it right in your face. It's like, give me your money. It's like a gun to your head, right? That, that's a masculine trait. So men, and we go back to, it's a preference, but our biology Again, back to our DNA and all the expressions of our DNA, men respond to feminine essence and women want that masculine, directive, penetrative energy. I agree also, you know, you had spoken about, you know, the energetics of it and the um, intention, right? What I heard you say was one, in, to you, one was more manipulative and one was more... Um, we'll call it lovely and beautiful and authentic, right? So the, ener the energy you're coming into it with, regardless of what you're wearing, really is what the other person is picking up on. You know, are you coming in with a energy of curiosity and openness and this is who I am and uh, I'm looking forward to getting to meet you? It's a very different energy than you know, I would go back to the 80s song, she's a man-eater, right? Totally different energy. That's kind of the feeling I got when you were describing this fictitious other woman coming in, right? One is more dominance and more uh, egocentric. And one is more curiosity of, you know, I'm looking for a true partner. And that's a totally different energy in wanting to... Um, co-create together yeah ultimately it's co-creation it's not you know a lot of the, the the misogynistic mindsets and the narratives and the and the feminism the extreme feminisms feministic narrative is just putting the other one down and not co-creating not coming into them to, to that kind of let's how do we do this together let's dance like the tangle um, exactly you know i'm if you know, I, I've I've been more of the traditional kind of guy growing up. I'm modern, but I'm I've got old-fashioned values. Um, I'm not really. I can't say I, I can say that if I line to feminism, it's the classic feminism: equal rights, equal this. That. But what I don't agree with is the neo-feminism where they put down men lower and try to get more rights. That just seems to be where the pendulum is going because it's kind of coming like crazy now. It's like. And men just don't, we're just lost right now. We don't know what to do. You can't even uh, kind of compliment a woman anymore. Like it's hard for guys right now. And I, I totally agree. I, my heart goes out to right. them. Right. And you thank know, you for, for acknowledging that because 
women just all oh, guys got it easy there no we don't have it easy no no I, again when i do these events i truly am listening to them one of the questions Good. i ask is chivalry dead you know and ladies do you like acts of chival chivalry and again typically i work with uh professionals over 40 and 99 of the women say oh my gosh yes i love it please open the door for me and you know uh like and but they're not above opening the door for him either right it's a back and forth respect for another human being but when i talk to the guys they say I, i'm just really confused do i open the door do i not open the door i get yelled at for opening the door but the other one wants me to open the door i'm just doing nothing right i so feel for them because it is so confusing yeah the, the clients that i work with they're they are a little more traditional please yes Please, yes. I want chivalry. It's a tax. wiring. I want to be treated like a, I want to be treated in my feminine because it makes me feel appreciated. It makes me feel attractive. And the more I feel that, the more you feel that, me feeling that, and the more of an attraction there is. Absolutely. And getting back to the opening the door, the masculine man will open the door regardless of the of the response of the woman. If he's not going to open it. And it's who they are. It's right. who they are. Like, I'm, I'm going to open the door for for, for, a, for a, 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 another guy or for an older lady or for an older man. Like, I'm opening the door here, right? Exactly. Now, if you, feel, if you feel insecure, you know, and you have to say, oh, I don't need any help. That's a masculine energy. And that's like, so turn off to guys. That's that human being that she happens to be female, perhaps. And that's where her she's at at the moment. And right. that's what she's at at the moment, right? And that's probably not a good fit for you, so it doesn't really matter, whatever, right? And um, I think overthinking things really mess us up going up into our head and overcomplicating things. I believe in, you know, your gut instinct. I believe, you know, if you would, if you're thinking, I'd like to open the door, whether you're a man or a woman, but you kind of get a gut instinct that the person behind you would kind of get a bit snippy about it. Guess what? Don't do it. That's it. Be <laughs> or just do it and, and move on. Like it's you're not, not exactly. And that's the whole thing. Like if you get back to the biology of all things too, women are at home in their emotions. Men are more. Sorry, they feel more like they're they're grounded more when they're in their body, when they're not overthinking and kind of just getting scared and feeling unsafe and having to control the situation. As you said, when a man takes that that role of make, making the container and keeping her safe, she can just be like the Salceros holding this woman, and he suddenly kind of leads her. She's she feels safe and free to express herself beautifully. I agree, and I don't think men really understand how one of the top values that a woman needs to feel her, in her femininity is safety. 100%. I mean, and I'm not, like, there's the physical safety. I mean, I'm 5'3", right? And someone, a big, tall guy, physically is bigger and stronger than I am. So physically, I need to feel safe based on his body language, right? So he needs to see, is he being really aggressive? Then immediately, you know, just from a survival instinct, I'm going to pull back. You know, mm -hmm. emotionally, do I feel safe? Which means he's really listening and to what I'm saying. You know, I can tell by his uh, 
visual cues. He's actually in the conversation. He's nodding, just like what I can see you doing right now, right? He's nodding. He's understanding. If he's not understanding, he's like, I didn't really get what you said. Can you say more about that? So now I'm emotionally feeling safe and that he's willing to be vulnerable with me and tell me where what he's at. So I'm emotionally feel or physically feeling safe. I'm emotionally feeling safe. Mentally, am I feeling safe? Do I feel like if we have a fight, is it going to be no holds barred? And I'm going to be like, like mentally attacked with really, um, uh, you know, mean stuff, right? As opposed to having, yes, we're having a disagreement of opinion, but I'm not going to uh, disrespect you as a human being. Like, it's just not where I'm yeah. going to go. So now Sounds I'm the wounds. that respect. Right, sounds the wounds now. Again, let's get back to the, the thing now here, having me being a, a, a masculine man in my, in, my, in my grounded power, I have to have a feminine side to me to receive and to have empathy, to understand, to be emotionally mature, to understand how you feel, right? If I was just um, too emotional, I'd get caught up in the whole, oh my God, I, I have to lead you out. I have to take you out of the burning fire and take you out of that that emotion without attacking you and supporting you at the same time. That's why men and women have to have their masculine and feminine integrated, right? And you have to be masculine in your emotions where you have to have your uh, self-respect and your boundaries too. So, you know, a man, everybody thinks masculine men are like these, these brute kind of alpha kind of guys. No, it's like, you know, you, you can be... Um, I was just, I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about what I was trying to say before. Maybe I'll just add this to this, is that going back to women are, are home in their body when they're, when they're expressive and they're touched with their emotions. And men are at home when they can use rationality and thinking. If they get lost in their, um, in their emotions, they, they're not safe anymore to a woman. Being angry and not controlling his rage and hurling insults at her or not understanding her emotionally makes her feel unsafe. That's why he has to have 100%. the integration. One hundred percent. And in order for me, as the feminine energy, to feel safe in relaxing into being more of my feminine, I need to feel safe on all levels. And, you know, a lot of women, I have this conversation with women, and I say, let's talk about the good thing about bad boys, right? And all the guys go, oh. Boys, all the guys, all the girls like bad boys. <laughs> yes, there are certain qualities about bad boys that typically, again, sweeping generalization, women are attracted to. The bad boys have the confidence. The bad boys will speak their mind. The bad boys will, um, you know, they are in their masculine energy and will step up when needed. However, you know, typical bad boy persona then you got the then you got the real we'll call it not good side of things where they don't really care if they say something well how it affects somebody else right they are going to do their own thing regardless of considering anybody else's feelings and how it affects them like there's a whole side of bad boy or loner that is not healthy but there are pieces of it those are the pieces that women are attracted to, and those are the healthy male side of things. Absolutely. I read about that in my book, actually, interestingly. Um, 
right? You know, it's it's women love the jerks because they're more in, in, in tune to what a woman needs. But then here's the thing here. This is what I what I what I, I see is um, King Kong. Right? The, the girl he adores this woman. Like he'll kill the world for this woman. He can conquer the world on his own. And she likes that. Now, she needs to leverage his dominance of the world to her advantage without getting hurt by it. And that's the whole thing, right? You go after the bad boy. You, when women say they want a nice guy, they don't want a nice guy. They want a, a, a jerk to who's nice to, the, to her, to them, that will protect her and destroy the world and protect her. I think that's distilled down. And she's, the jerk is closer to what she needs biologically than oh, is it okay if I ask you out? Is it okay if I ask your number? She doesn't feel safe that way. But by choosing, and, and men haven't evolved enough to this point where he can be the jerk, but he can also be the, the, the loving man. Usually, you know, we're not evolved yet. It's what's coming. And that's what the divine masculine and feminine will, will, will evolve to eventually. But, you know, she'd rather take her chances on the asshole. You know, he's going to get arrested. He's going to get in a fight. He's going to get stabbed. He's going to get leave her, you know? Lord, I might challenge you on that. Oh, I mean, please do. That's why we're here. I mean, my ex was 6'4", and he owned a construction company, and he was a masculine guy, but he had what I called an ooey-gooey center. Within that, within that masculinity, he also was able to go in and say, listen, I need to tell you about how I'm feeling. Tell me how you're feeling. Like, that is so sexy. Of course it is. Oh, sexy. He still had that, you know, uh, what I call throwdown factor that, you know, he might pick me up, throw, throw me over his shoulder and like throw me down on the bed. Super sexy. But I never felt unsafe. Absolutely. Because that's, but that's that's the unevolved man. When women pick jerks, they don't know yet. They haven't, you know. It's also wounding, a child. A child. When you have your your zero to seven, you get programmed and your attachment style and and if trauma, like it all plays into it, right? Um, some women don't have the filter to to attract such a man. They just go for the jerk, thinking that he's a good guy because he's nice to her sometimes, right? Um, I love that you said that because I was once um, dating a woman that was quite masculine and very leading and very I'm like whoa so what I did I picked her up and threw her on my shoulder and threw her on the bed basically and she softened she softened like to the point of wow then I really got really attracted to her but if I have to keep doing that all the time it's too much it's, you know what I mean like it's you have it's to, like a fight it's, it's, it's like a it's a fight with it's like no I mean a masculine man could soften a masculine woman if he stays in his masculinity. But if it's going to expend too much and she's got wounding still, it's not going to work. It's like the equivalent of always having to subdue a tiger and grab its belly, right? Like you're, all, you're always wondering when the claws are going to come. Right. It's just like coming home from work, grinding, and then grinding again at home for a guy. It's like we don't want to do that. Neither one of us, neither the male or the female want that. We want a soft place to land. Right? Yes. We want to hear about our partner's day. We want to say, how was your day? And if one of us gets all back up into our energy around her, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. Right. 
and let me just decompress about it, get it out, and like let me be here in the present with you for you and I now, right? right? And and the joke here is men are sexually volatile when they're young, and you know they can't even keep it in their pants, and they can't even hold from ejaculating, and when they get older, it's less. And then women are more into their sexualness when they're older. So that's a, yeah, but another thing is it's a joke that I say is that. Um, men and women process differently. Guy comes home, he wants to just shut off. Just leave, give me alone, 15 minutes alone, I have to decompress. Women decompress by sharing and um, connecting, interconnection. So she wants to talk to him, but he doesn't want to talk to her because he has to decompress in his own way. I had a friend of mine, he, he mastered this technique. And I'm not going to say the person's name, but if he's listening... He's going to smile. Um, he would call, he would, be, he would work, he was high, they're both highly successful people, both, both um, well, well accomplished. Anyway, he would call her on the way home. He'd be stuck in traffic. She'd be home already. And he would put her on speaker or on the, the, the Bluetooth of the car and let her, let her talk, let her decompress her day. And he's just... I think that's great. It's beautiful. Awesome I think that's a great, great technique. So he would really? he would listen to her, but he wouldn't listen to her. Like, he wouldn't get caught up in it. He just was, was an earpiece. He just heard. She decompressed. But by the time he came home, she was totally in a, a receptive and decompressed state. I, the guy was brilliant. He's brilliant. That should be taught in, in schools and class and stuff. It's like, wow. I, you know what? I love that because both people are getting their needs met. Absolutely. Right? That's How what's all do about. you, as a couple, honestly say, like for me, in order, um, like I need to have that um, um, connection piece with with my partner first. You know, if we want to be intimate, I need to have that connection first to reestablish it, and you know. Typically, again, biologically, men are just kind of typically ready to go because they need to spread their seeds just far and wide. If you know, when we were cavemen, we only had 30 seconds to do it yet. Hmm. And we are wired a little bit different. Absolutely. We but are. how do we both get our needs met by being honest with our partner and saying, this is what I need. Okay. So how do we, how do we do this? So, so that, you know, on the way home, let me call you, let's connect then. When I get home, I want to shower. That's cool. And then now we're ready to to be into our time together. And that's the whole thing of, you know, being available, of being communications huge and putting away, also putting aside our selfish needs to actually be open to the other person's needs. And that's. I don't think they're selfish needs. I think we just need to communicate um, what the needs are. I say selfish needs because when I when when I hear couples, I mean, I've been a hairstylist for thirty six years. I always hear husbands and wives separately coming in different time appointments, bitching about what why they're not listening or they're not doing for them, and then they're doing the same thing on the other side. Everybody's right. being selfish in that sense. Like, wait a second, let me listen to you. Let me let me hear let me hear you out and let's come to a conclusion. But it's always like, no, you don't listen to me. No, you don't listen to me. And there's no kind of that's what I mean by being selfish with that, mm-hmm. um, without giving away anything, without uh, throwing anybody in the bus. Or it seems like your your former husband had it all. What happened without saying what happened? 
um, that just seems to be he was he had it all in in the sense of being successful, being soft, being um, masculine. Now, without saying why, how did that break down where that wasn't enough to sustain the relationship? We both came to the conclusion that we were better off friends than lovers. You know, we were together for 16 years. So, you know, you go through different phases in your relationship. Right. Right. It just goes through different phases. And we both agreed that we cared about each other. We loved each other. We wanted both. We both want each other to be happy. And we were better friends than lovers. So the conscious uncoupling, basically, you did it together. Completely conscious uncoupling. Right, right. Which is good, which is amazing. My the only reason why I um brought that up is I'm I don't have a, a, a large sample size personally to to um confirm this hypothesis or not. I'm wondering if the polarity, if the polarity was kept in check, because polarity creates attraction, just like magnets, you have positive and negative. When you have them closer to the middle, there's no there's no more charge. So I'm wondering through life, through experiences, through um, ups and downs through, you know, f- getting fired, not getting fired through financial stress, through whatever that, that kind of, um, neutralize the polarity between you two. And I'm not saying that it's a, it's, um, a rhetorical, you don't have to answer that. I'm just wondering if that's, um, an answer to that. Sorry, what is the question? I'm no, it's, it's not a question. It's just, it was a rhetorical. I'm just wondering if that was the, if that's the, the, uh, culprit in you know people losing sexual attraction because I've heard of couples saying that oh I look at my husband or I look at my wife the same way that I did 20 years ago 25 years ago sexually mm-hmm. they, they drive me wild and I'm, I'm always questioning how that is sustained and I'm thinking and I'm feeling and I'm, com- I'm convinced that it's keeping the polarities on opposite sides of the spectrum um I think, again, as a generally sweeping generalization, I think it's really important for longevity of a relationship. And also, you know, there are other life factors that, you know, come into play. You know, are you on the same path anymore? Are there, you know, outside forces of like family and so on? Like there's other life forces that come in as well, right? So is it necessarily male-female polarity? Holy mackerel, so important. And you can still love each other and decide that, you know, you're not necessarily great partners together, um, yeah. uh, like romantic partners together, and you still love each other. I love the whole saying is like, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. <laughs> you know, um, that gets me to, to, I guess, the last point, because we, we can talk forever, and I'm hoping we can do this again, um, is... A woman can love a man, but not fully respect him in that sense. And this is a, um, a lot of times that people, lovers become roommates. They just, they still love the person, but there's not that kind of that intensity and that all that to it. Barbara, we can talk here forever. And this is a great conversation. And I'm, and I'm sure the listener and listeners will uh, enjoy this and um, have anticipation for future collaborations so to end the podcast um barbara would you like to just to give you your give everyone your your deets i'm going to put your um website on in the show notes so people can but where can people 
reach you and what do you do with events that you have going on now? Uh, the best way to reach me is either on my website, which is flirtfactor.ca, not .com, .ca, so flirtfactor.ca, where they can reach out to me by email, which is barbara at flirtfactor.ca. Awesome. Awesome. This has been fun. And thank you very much for, for joining me on the Ultimate Journey Awakening to Spirit podcast. Thank you for listening to the Ultimate Journey Awakening to Spirit podcast. Join me again next time for more spiritual talk. You can reach me at info at the ultimate journey awakening to spirit.com. And you can also visit my website, the ultimate journey awakening to spirit.com. Until next time, walk in love and in gratitude.